Happiness is an inside job. At Happy Healthy You, Connie Bowman helps us find our way with inspiring conversations and healthy ideas for living a whole life in mind, body, and spirit. Happy Healthy You, and now here's Connie. Body, mind, spirit, oneness, awakening, enlightenment, bliss. Oh my gosh, these are all subjects I love so much talking about (laughs) here on Happy Healthy You. But with this one, we're going right to the root of it. I'm talking to Beth Banning. She's a best-selling author. She's an inspirational speaker. She's a spiritual catalyst. She lives in California with her husband and their cat and their six-pound poodle. Wow, that's a little poodle. She has published numerous books, including Interviewed by God, A Journey to Freedom, which we're talking about today. She's also written Meditation for Life series and co-authored several consciousness-shifting seminars. These seminars serve as a catalyst for participants to emerge with a whole new way of relating to themselves and to their world. And I think after you listen to this podcast, we will all have a whole new way of relating to ourselves and our world. So welcome, Beth Banning. Thank you so much for coming on Happy Healthy You. It is my pleasure. I'm so happy to be here. It's the happy, healthy me here. Totally. Yeah, yeah. So we love to talk about subjects from body, mind, and spirit, but I really love to go deep into spiritual conversations. So you are right up my alley, girl. Yay, Thank you. I'm ready. <laughs> so yeah, so you were interviewed by God. How cool is that? <laughs> How cool is that, right? I love when people start there because you kind of go, what? I yeah. Because that's what I said when, you know, it all kind of started happening. I was, what? Well, to be a good interviewer, I think it requires certain skills. And I think you have to be a really, really good listener. And Who's a better listener than God? Right? You know, honestly, I, it was probably the easiest interview I ever did because it was just, it was one question and I went and that's how, that's actually the reason it's called that Yeah, is that um, I was guided to write the book, but I was having such a difficult time with it. It was like, it was like torture, honestly. And, and I'm a writer, you know, I, I've written blog posts and content and articles and you know my husband and I have been in the online world for years with our personal growth and development work so I wasn't a stranger to writing but when I was guided to write this it was in a period during a period of my life that I call my spiritual expansion kind of rather than awakening it you know I just keep expanding mm-hmm. so I look at these as just a spiritual expansion and during this period I was my life was so easy it was just so easy so when I was guided to write this I thought it would be easy you know my Right. You know, mistaken me. And it was so hard and like it was torture. So one day I was sitting there going, you know, look, you know, if you really want me to write this book, do something because I'm not going to do it. I'm not, I'm just not going to do it. And I heard, I'll interview you. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? And then I heard, I'll ask and you answer. And I was like, all right. And, you know, all the crazy stuff goes through your mind. Like, what, you know, who is this really talking to me and what's going on and all of that kind of thing. And, you know, as I worked through all of that in the book, because I actually, you know, as part of the book, that kind of transition into more comfort with this idea of talking to God, I, it became so easy because I just heard a question 
and I answered it. The very first question I heard was, if you could sum up everything you've been through in the last, at that point, it was like four years, I think, what, in one word, what would it be? Mm. And the word was awareness. It was just an expansion of my awareness. So, um, you know, that's how I think, you know, now I'm like, wow, what an easy way to write a book, you know, so it'll probably be how I write all my books from now on. Well, who knows what God has in store for you. Yeah, I really don't know. <laughs> well, I love how you say that because I think so many of us, especially in the creative field, when we um, are are in the beginning stages of creation, whether it's writing a book or, or anything that you're, you're trying to bring forth into the world, there is that sort of frustration like you want to do something really different. You want to do something that's really unique and special and, and bringing through your own your own light into the world but I love how you say you just finally were like what what is it what do you want and that to me is surrender that's just the surrender the the battle before the surrender yeah it's like (laughs) why does it take us so long to get there I mean all that you've been through this probably so many times in your life what what is it I've done it too I've like struggled 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 and then what is it I release I let go and then it comes through yeah. You know, it's funny, I because I have, like you said, been through this so many times. And it again, uh, you know, oh, gosh, there's so much you could talk about in just that one sentence yeah. you just said, yeah. you know. But, you know, we are taught to struggle. We really are. I mean, it's not a surprise anybody in kind of the spiritual world or personal growth world. At this point, we get, you know, culturally we're taught to struggle, you know, stand up, be a man, you know, work hard, you know, if you're not working hard, make money, you know, we're taught that it's, it's hard, and you need hard work is good for us. And I mean, you know, it's everywhere. Mm, So I'm not surprised that it's so ingrained in us. But what's funny for me, is that each time it gets to that point, and I let go, it's like, I, I just, it's like a remembrance, do you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. It's almost like um, a climax, do you know? You kind mm-hmm. of get da-da-da-da-da, and then you just go, ah. Oh. Mm, yeah, and it's such, yeah. it's such a, like, a beautiful experience, the letting go. I probably would, I'm, you know, I'm kind of just fine with whatever at this point. Yeah, yeah. It's I, all good. It's funny. <laughs> we're, I want to go into your childhood and talk about that. But it just reminded me so much of this yoga class. We were a little bit late starting this podcast. Thank you so much, because I was asked to teach this yoga class for these seniors who are just these beautiful people that keep coming to the mat. And they're really in great shape. But they're seniors. And at the end in Shavasana, which is the ultimate letting go, the surrender, the so I had them clench and just to remind ourselves, you know, just really tighten up every single muscle, every muscle in the face, every muscle in the, you know, the butt muscles, all those muscles that we hold ten- tension in. And then then I had them let it go. And I heard the biggest size today. Oh, it was like yeah. everybody needed to let go. And it was so yeah. sweet. It was just so and sweet. It, you know, even as you're saying that, I can feel it. You yeah. know, it's like you, that's the contrast. You can't feel how sweet it is without like the tightening you go oh my god look how different that is and you know I got chills as you were saying it because I can feel that letting go it's it is bliss you know it is that heaven on earth it totally is beautiful you know it totally is so let's go back you write about this in your book and it's so interesting because as a child you were super sensitive as so many of us are in this um 
healing and personal growth. We we were sensitive children, and you you really had some situations where you felt the kundalini early on, but I'm sure as most of us also didn't know what it was, you didn't. Can you talk about that a little bit and what it was like to be as a child growing up and maybe how you perceived God as you were growing up also? Wow. Again, that's a lot. In it that. is a lot. So, but I'll, so. I'll, I'll see where, I'll see where, you know, we go with let it. Let it flow. But, Just let it flow. Um, so, so many pieces. Um, the Kundalini, again, just as you said, well, two things you said that I totally am in line with is that I believe that we all come in totally connected, you know, as I believe I did. But in this culture, in this society, we have no clue what that means or or how to nurture it or even that it sh- would like be most beneficial to nurture it, you know. So when I came in, as a very sensitive child, you know, labeled too sensitive, you know, quote unquote, mm-hmm. too sensitive, um, but very sensitive. And I could feel the energy of people around me. I had these experiences, which I now know as Kundalini. I had no clue then. Um, and really then, because I didn't know what it was, they scared the crap out of me. And, mm. you know, I, I had nobody around me telling me what it was, that it was a beautiful thing and let it go and, and, and be with it and allow it. And, oh my God, I, you know, sometimes I go, can, can, I can hardly imagine what life would be like if we were all taught to allow Mm. what was born in us to flourish. But so like most people, it didn't in me. And, you know, instead of, um, you know, that being expanded and grown, you know, people around me thought I was kind of crazy. Well, can you describe what some of those early experiences experiences were like as you remember them? Mm, so let's see. Um, well, the the Kundalini, what I'm um, calling Kundalini now in the experience as a mm-hmm. child, is that there was this movement in my body, this kind of rumbling. There was a, uh, you know, I had one really big experience. Uh, I always had this kind of underlying rumbling in my body that kind of made my skin feel kind of tight and weird. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea what that was. Mm -hmm. But this one experience where really at that point, I think is when I shut it off because it scared me so much. My mother's reaction to it scared me even more. But it was, I was laying in bed and it was all of a sudden you know, it's so hard to describe, but it was, it was as if something was trying to pour out of me. Do you know, it was Mm -hmm. like there was Mm -hmm. this movement in my body that was so strong that it started shooting out of my head and out of where, you know, my vagina area, the groin area. Mm -hmm. And as a child, I mean, literally, I was it, it frightened me so much that I ran into the bathroom and I tell the whole story in the book, yes, yeah. but I started trying to stop it with like toilet paper down my pants. You know, what is yeah. this? You know, it freaked me out. Well, that's the root chakra area where that Kundalini starts exactly. to rise. Right. Right. Exactly. So again, my, that's kind the best I can do to describe it. It was way more, you know, 
like visceral than I can describe in words, but that's as close as I've been able to get to it in words. Mm -hmm. But all I know is that, you know, within, you know, a few minutes, I guess my mother heard me and she came in and she freaked out and not freaked out. Like, you know, she just didn't know what was happening either. Do you know? Mm -hmm. So she was like, Oh my God, what are you doing? What's going on? You know, she just started yelling. So I mean that it, heightened everything like in my mind to shut it down do you know yeah to shut it down whatever that was was bad you know it's funny how some of us who are born with a more spiritual um propensity are born to parents who (laughs) who have no idea what to do with us (laughs) and i'm wondering you know in that area like who would have. I yeah. mean, maybe yeah. if I was, you know, in a completely different culture, but, right. you know, in, in this natural. country, I can't even imagine, right. you know, but who knows? Right. Who knows? Yeah. Can you describe for the listeners who may not be familiar with the idea of Kundalini and in yoga, we, we hear that term, but for someone who may have never heard that, what is Kundalini? You know, honestly, you probably, and this is the funny thing with me and, and I find it um, amusing myself is that I I was never one to study any of this particularly. I mean, at this point, I do Mm -hmm. yoga, I do meditate, you know, but that wasn't something I always did. And when this all started happening to me, I had no clue really, you know, what it was. So I'm not like scholarly in this field, honestly. Mm -hmm. You probably could, could describe Kundalini better than I could. But, you know, the and and one of my gifts really, and you'll notice in my book, is that I take these very complicated subjects and make them as simple as possible. Mm-hmm. That's really something that I, I strive to do. So the the very simple, and like I said, add to it if you'd like, but the very simple explanation of kundalini energy is that there is a life force within us that stays dormant in most of us. And, it, and supposedly it lives down in the root chakras you were talking about. And in cultures like India, and other uh, cultures that had this more ingrained in their, um, you know, everyday life, like their understanding, that there's like, it's a spiraling, they call it like a a serpent, you know, like Mm -hmm. a spiral down at your root chakra, and that mostly it stays dormant. And for, you know, in places like India and those kinds of cultures, uh, the um, more spiritual among them, uh, for years tried to to awaken this life force energy within them. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's, you know, that's the simple, it's a life force energy within us that normally stays dormant in most of us. Yeah, I think that's a good description. Um, I might also add, I think it's really interesting that this symbol of the, is it the American Medical Association is like a kund- mm-hmm. kundalini? Yeah, yeah, but they don't want us to know about that. And I just took this workshop, maybe you know this or maybe you don't, uh, this past weekend, and they were talking about the science of yoga and all the benefits of yoga and meditation. And there was something I didn't know about Carl Jung, who I, I've i always respected, but apparently during the 40s, there was, uh, he, he made a pretty broad announcement that to force the kundalini to rise or to practice yoga in order to do that would could cause psychosis and Mm. so the popularity of yoga actually was was dimmed out for a while in the west because of it did you know that i had no idea i had no idea yeah i was like what is that all about and then (laughs) 
but, <laughs> but actually well, we come to the know. yoga mat and we do these practices so that we can, um, in a more controlled way, have the Kundalini rise if we're so inclined, I guess, in this incarnation. Yeah. Or, yeah. or at least move the life force in ways that are, you know, open and, and clear blocks. And really, that's what the Kundalini is. For me, yeah. my experience with it, and, and really on a practical level, because that, you know, I, I, I think my whole, um, you know, purpose in life at this point, if there's a purpose other than just to experience life, is to really be connected like embody spirit mm-hmm. you know that's that's all i kind of live for is like what are the really practical ways to embody spirit and live and enjoy and and love this uh, incredible life that we have and one of the things that i saw about kundalini as it moved in me as an adult and i knew what was happening with it is that it really just clears and opens stagnant energy mm-hmm. now that my kundalini is open you know or moving freely it doesn't it's not as um um frantic or you know because it, it it moved in me and it you know mm-hmm. the typical that you see is very kind of frenetic do you know when it right, moves right 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 and now it's not at all. It's very subtle, and it's it just is. It's it's a uh, oh, I'm going oh you know I <laughs> just go there. Yeah. And well, but it's a really different experience, you know. And practically, it's just to to clear blocks, clear so blocks, and create that, do that and those states of bliss that you talk about so often in your book, um, and you talk about early on finding that those blissful states, but they were fleeting and trying to hold on to them. I think that happens for a lot of us as we start to, that energy starts to rise. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Um, you know what? I would love to talk about yeah, that. It's one yeah. of my favorite subjects and only because I, I so want, because I understand it so deeply now. And it's one of those spiritual myths. It's, 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 it's the paradox, you know, we go for the experience, but the experience is not what it's about. You know, it's crazy. They are, they're wonderful and they're amazing. And at the same time, if, if I realize now, if I just stayed in that state of what we could call bliss, I mean, again, the, the word doesn't quite describe it, but I wouldn't be able to live this amazing life the same way I can when I'm just experiencing what life has for me outside of the quote unquote experience. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. So really one of the things that I love sharing is that it's really, and, and the other paradox is that if you're going for the experience, you almost never get it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's like every time I had an experience, I wasn't going for it. It just came. It just happened. And really the happening of it and how it happens is that you're go, what you're going for or, or, or what I live for now is just to experience life as it comes. Just to be present to life as it comes and experience all of it, not just the good stuff or not just, you know, it's like all of it. And then the experiences kind of come as they come. You know, one of the things um, I heard somebody say once beautifully, and I don't remember who said it, but if we could just relax enough, we would fall into the arms of God. Mm. It's just about relaxing enough and then all of this will just come. 
I love that. I, we can fall asleep, but why can't we fall into <laughs> into that? Yeah, it's yeah into that blissful state. Yeah, I well, I love on page one twenty five. You talked about that experience you had in your backyard, where you described the state of bliss. But in this time, it was different because instead of trying to grasp and hold on to it, you kind of relaxed into it there, and you stayed with it, and you were able to what do a few things, brush your teeth, and go about your business <laughs> in this this state. Yeah. But then it faded. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny because early on, back, I don't know, probably 20 years now, I had this experience of Kundalini that closed off. I didn't, again, I found out it was Kundalini and, you know, went from there. But like you were saying, I kind of went into this state of depression because I lost it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as this expansion happened in my life, I learned as I went, that it wasn't about the experience. So when the experience happened that you're talking about, just as you said, I was able to just go, oh, here's an experience for me to experience. So there was nothing other than, wow, what is this? You know, and and kind of, you know, it's funny because sometimes I've had experience start to happen. And if I look to say, what is this? Like with my mind, they'll be gone. But this time, for some reason, and again, I can't tell you why, but it was like it was it was an like a lengthened experience. You know, it lasted, I don't know, 15 or 20 minutes where I was really in it and I could just experience all like kind of these daily life things. It was where I kind of got the sense that I probably wouldn't want that as my constant experience because there's it was this bliss but it was like I was kind of I'm not sure I could have lived and done everything you know I'm still exploring all this and if it comes I'll experience that too Mm -hmm. but it was so otherworldly it was more challenging to live in this world yes yeah yeah and it's hard to stay, I, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> when you've had that. Yeah. T- I was like, t- oh, it was kind of, um, it was interesting. <laughs> so that really. sort of uh, answers my next question, which was, what does this expansion that you're going through, this kundalini rising, really have to do with your relationship to God? Oh, As, that's a, And yeah. God, I mean, God is a broad. Um, yeah. yeah I mean, everybody I, has their own idea or, of God. Yeah. Um, what or whom God is. Yeah. But and it, and again, even for me, I, God, the word God wasn't my word. I was guided mm-hmm. to use it. I'm much more comfortable with it now. And I was guided to use. And I love talking about it because it's such a trigger word for so many. It people, is, but know. I love God. She's awesome. You know. So we're like, <laughs> I would say I, she's I, awesome. So. Yeah. And whatever we do with it, I love it because. Yeah. You know, anything that stops us and gets us freaked out is something good to look at. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, what's um, the connection? Anything that brings us to the moment, in the moment, to feel the grace of each and every moment is our connection to God. And, And that connection comes in so many forms and different experiences and so you know kundalini and that kind of energy i believe is really just one form of 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 a type of connection that i needed in that moment to clear whatever it was in me that needed clearing and there are so many 
ways to connect with whatever you call that experience of grace, mm-hmm. you know? So, to, and that's back to that. It's not about a particular destination. It's about experiencing the day-to-day essence of each moment. And, you know, sometimes we do and sometimes we don't and there's not a good or a bad, but every time, and, and I love to, you know, this is my practice and it's such an easy way to start connecting with the moment is using your discomfort. And that's kind of why I like the word God because it brings up discomfort for people. Mm, good. Yeah. Is use your discomfort as an alarm to stop to get present, to see what's missing, to see, because that's the missing of the connection. When you're uncomfortable, and and then again, there's so many paradoxes. So when I say when you're uncomfortable, you're disconnected from your inner guidance, which is God, do you know? Mm -hmm. Which is, you know, you're, again, and this is my whole thing now is helping people to get reconnected with their own internal guidance. You know, if you're out with a teacher and they're having you look anywhere but within, that now moving forward, you, you know, look somewhere else for a teacher because they should really be having you look inside at this point completely. Do you know? Mm-hmm. So um, if you get disconnected, so there's so many thoughts here. So using discomfort as an alarm, you know that you're disconnected from the moment or God, whatever you want to call it. And at the same time, we're not, you don't want to run away from that discomfort. So what happens is you feel uncomfortable, you stop. So this is my practice. I feel uncomfortable, I stop. I feel the discomfort because in this moment, that's what's here for me to experience. Mm -hmm. Then I'm able to look around and go, you know, where is the disconnection? Where have I disconnected myself from this moment? And for me, there are three access points to this internal guidance in myself. And one is mental, there's a physical, and then there's a spiritual access point. So I check to see where I'm uh, disconnected. And then there are practices that I use to connect myself back to the moment and to God. That's a great practice. I mean, how often are we disconnected? Like almost... Like all the time. All the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it seems like in your book, every time you would reach this point of another level of expansion, and I feel this too for myself, that's why I'm bringing it up, it feels like something, the shit hits the fan again. <laughs> something else happens to take us even deeper. Did you, Do you feel like that's just life? I mean, is that... Well, you know, it's life if we allow it to be. Okay. You know, some people call it like bad luck or, you know, misfortune or, you know, all those kinds of things. And... For me, at those times when you're talking about, it was like this, like uh, the agitation in me grew to a point where I had to expand, do you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I liken it to a seed, you know, a seed right before it pops and bursts out the the sprout that comes out of the seed. Mm -hmm. It perturbates. It's that it's that intense energy that shakes and shakes and shakes and shakes till it pops. And so, as this whole uh, level of expansion was going on in me, that's kind of how it felt in me. And I, you know, really look at it like perturbation. Like I have to, like shake like that. There has to be um, uh, resistance in order for it to expand. Mm. And like. 
is it life? Well, it, it certainly it certainly is for me, you know? And like you were saying, sometimes it seems like there are situations that happen that stimulate that. But for me and my experience, there don't have to be situations. And sometimes I'm starting to experience that and then situations happen. So I don't know which is first, you know, mm-hmm. is like, is the expansion coming and it starts shaking stuff up in my life or does stuff starts shaking up in my life and the expansion starts happening? Ah, it's an interesting question. It though, is. You know? Wouldn't it be nice to figure it out? Uh, you know, <laughs> I have a feeling as soon as we, as soon as we figure it out, God will switch it up on us so we don't get too attached to it. God asked you at one point in the book, are you ready to be completely awake? I love that question. Are you really ready? I mean, sometimes I'll ask myself that as much as I like say I want to be enlightened. I want to be this, you know, wise, spiritual person. But I, you know, am I really ready? And what does that mean? <laughs> and what does that mean? Yeah. Really so what is, what is your impression of what it means? And what was no, no, your impression of what it meant at the time? And has that changed for you over time? Yeah. Um, well, when God asked me, one of the things I did is I put it, I didn't really know because I didn't know what it meant. You know, I think I got some kind of, you know, again, you read my book later than more, more recently than I have. So yeah. yeah. I don't remember exactly what my the answer I got or the conversation at that point. But one of the things I did because of it is that I put into the beginning of my meditations this, um, I would sit down and I would say, I am ready to be fully awake. I am ready to be fully awake. Um, and really, when I heard it the first time, I really didn't know, what does that mean? What does fully awake mean? Do you know? Mm-hmm. And I still don't know the answer, but my experience is more and more being fully awake is being fully present. It, it is what it is. And all these distractions, food and television and sex, and, and not that any of these are bad, and I like them all, but when we use them to extremes, and there's so many more, do you know? Technology is one. Technology, <laughs> right. Oh, gosh, yeah. there's so many, so yeah. many good ones nowadays. So many good you know? ones. So many good from. ones. And we like them. You know, yeah. we don't want to, I, I certainly right. don't give them up. I do them myself. But when we use them as distractions, which we do often from being present in each moment we are not fully awake so so for me it's coming to and again things change because i have another expansion but right now being fully awake is being constantly present Hmm. to the moment and again that doesn't even take away being able to watch television or you know um eat a piece of chocolate cake do you know Mm -hmm. but but then you're more conscious and you're you're so aware and awake in those moments when you're doing that. That to me is really being fully awake. And it's not something that's like easy. I mean, it's sim- simple like the idea, but it's not easy to do because it we're is so, so not easy. <laughs> we're, so, we're so entrenched in our habits yeah. and our, you know, um, like, I, I, more than anything, just habits, you know. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I think that keeps us entrenched in these habits is that, and it's back to that discomfort, we want to be comfortable. We strive to be comfortable. And 
and and avoid being uncomfortable. So that's how these kinds of distractions get to be such habits that even the slightest, slightest possibility of discomfort, we run to be distracted because we're comfortable there. It's comfortable. It feels good. Mm-hmm. And this is back to the idea that, um, you know, I um, really live as fully as I can in every moment in my life is to experience all of life. It's not about experiencing just the good stuff. It's such a myth that if we become spiritually enlightened, nothing bad would happen to us. The only way that would happen is we become spiritually enlightened, we die. Right. And then right. nothing bad would happen because we don't have a life anymore. You know? We don't <laughs> no. have a body. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. We, we still have a life. Body. We just don't have a body. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, but then you're not, you're not experiencing in this life what we consider, quote unquote, bad. You know, so again, if we are willing. And and one of the ways I do that is I say, you know, if I start feeling uncomfortable and sometimes I don't want to feel uncomfortable, it's uncomfortable, you know, but I'll sit there and go, I'm willing to be uncomfortable. I'm willing to be uncomfortable. And I allow just the feeling. See, what happens is our mind takes that discomfort and makes it mean all these things. Mm. And if we can just be present in the moment, to the physical, and this is what I was talking about, about the uh, internal guidance access point in the physical body. If we can just be present, just in our physical sensations of that discomfort, it moves stagnant energy. The only reason you're uncomfortable is because that there was some stagnant energy in you from some situation in the past that created this idea that that was uncomfortable and stagnated this energy in you. And now it can be, you know, you know, the saying, I can push your buttons. Mm -hmm. It's just stagnant energy, old stagnant energy that's being touched. Right. So if you can just feel it physically, just the sensations of it without the mental chatter about it, it actually moves the energy. And presence happens. It's it's grace. It is grace in the moment. It's so amazing. I'm not sure if that answered your question at all. It, <laughs> I, it totally answers my okay. question. Yeah, yeah. There's so many nuggets in this book, and I, I totally get that. I love that you mentioned, well, it's funny, you mentioned The Wizard of Oz, and you mentioned Wicked. My daughter played Alphaba. You mentioned Alphaba, and she played Alphaba on Broadway. So we're very familiar oh. with uh, the idea of the whole Wizard of Oz thing, and you talk about Glinda's famous quote. What is it that you say that Glinda talks about? Um, uh, you've always had, you've always had this inside. It's always been inside, and and I think you talked about that in the context of your Jean Houston. You worked with the great mm-hmm. teacher Jean Houston, and you said yeah. when we can allow our woundings to become sacred and are willing for them to be a channel through us, a new story can emerge, mm-hmm. and we can stop repeating the same old story over and over, and we're able to explore the deeper implications, the hidden story within the, the wounding. Can you talk about that a little bit? I I love that idea to find the hidden story within the wounding. And I think you talked about Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz within yeah. that framework. I, and I want to make sure the quote is um, uh, uh, accurately um, attributed. This was Jean's, this is Jean Houston's work, what yes. you're talking about yes, right yes, now. Sure. And so I want to make sure it wasn't, <laughs> I didn't say that. She's brilliant. And she said it. Oh, she's awesome. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. She's such a 
uh, I could go on about her, but the idea is, um, and that I love so much, again, I, I was guided to take this class. I probably wouldn't have unless I was guided because gosh, I've done, you know, been there, done that. That's what my mind said, you know, yeah, at the time, Sure. but I follow what I'm guided to do. And there was this idea that you're talking about that these hidden woundings and, and they can change your story. And for me, and it was, it was miraculous for me, really, because I, I, so I did her course and there was this idea about finding your wounding. And, you know, there are obvious ones for me, you know, um, my parents fought about money and, you know, there's money stuff. And I thought that was maybe it. And, you know, and then there were a couple others. I thought, oh, maybe that's it. And the more I just got present to this idea of like what she talks about your deepest wounding. So I just allowed myself to go deeper and deeper into this idea of what is a wound? You know, what, what, you know, what, what does that miss? For, like if you're this idea of wounding, cause I don't like usually to label things. So I try to get underneath what that means, do you know? Mm-hmm. And for me, what that was is something that happened that kind of takes possibility away. Mm-hmm. Takes possibility away. So I, I kept looking deeper, you know, just allow my life to expand in its own perfect creation in every moment. So I kept looking dif- deeper and I found this thing that happened to me. And I realized that probably so many of us it happens to is that this idea of my imagination and because of all these things that happened in my childhood um, with me being as sensitive as I was and people telling me I was crazy and all that stuff this whole idea of imagination was stunted Mm -hmm. and I think even in school or you know this culture our imagination is stunted. And when I say that, why I think it's stunted is that we've um, taken this idea of imagination and, and, and put it in a box of creative expression. Like you have to be an artist or a writer or a songwriter and you can use your imagination there. That's okay. Do you know? Mm-hmm. But when you like, I don't know, talk to God, do you know? Then it's, like I, you know, it's just your imagination. Yeah. It becomes this thing that's not real. And what you know, in my talking to God, what I heard was that your imagination is the beginning of all creation. The mm. beginning of all creation. So without you, your imagination fully intact and you trusting it, trusting it then creation or or possibility cannot happen nothing you're stunted do you know mm. so i found this and i really i mean in the moment that i connected with this and in jeans Houston's words connected with this as my deepest wounding i mean i was in tears there was such an opening in me that like understood at a knowing level, not in like details, but at a knowing level that I found a seed to something that was about to grow. Mm. And it was such a beautiful gift because 
you know, throughout this whole expansion, and I still do it, I'm still working with it, but there's so much doubt. You know, I've had um, shape-shifting kind of experiences. I've had kundalini experiences. I talk to God. And unless I allow my imagination to flourish in those realms, none of this would have happened, Mm. you know? And it's amazing, you know, it can be the smallest thing that we might say, oh, that's nothing. It could be just a passing statement from a parent as a child. You know, I I used to practice the piano and I didn't practice very often, (laughs) but I went to (laughs) piano lessons for years. I should be a lot better than I am, but I can, I remember vividly practicing the piano and I'd hit a wrong note and my mom would be cooking in the kitchen and every once in a while she'd go, well, that was a good one or something, you know, make a snide comment. And my mom's a beautiful person and nothing. Yeah. But it's, it was enough to keep me from from expressing myself fully in that yeah. in that realm and just being aware coming it all comes back to that awareness it's and it's funny for you cuz both of your parents were artists mm-hmm. so they were so they but again it's because it was okay in that area yeah it's okay in that area you As know I, yeah. that that's where it's allowed but don't go talking to God. Don't yeah. go talking to God. Don't go feeling people's energies. And definitely yeah. don't go having kundalini experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's just weird. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, I think there's a lot of weirdos out there. And I think when you tell your story and you ex- expose yourself, you, you, you talk about these experiences. I think a lot of people have come forward, will come forward and talk to you. Have you found that, that people have shared similar experiences as you've... They do. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what I love? Because again, when I was guided to write this book, I said, why? Do you know why? Who would care about my personal story, you know? And I really got over and over and over again. It's just a way that if I'm willing to, someone else might be willing to remember. Hmm. So the book really isn't, it's my story, but it's not about me. It's about the person who picks it up and allows it to be a, a mirror and, and permission for just allowing what's in you to be okay. Mm, yes. To be perfect, just the way it is. And to start telling your own story. Because yeah, we've got to start talking about it. We do. That's why you're the catalyst, girl. There you go. That's it. You're the catalyst. I like in the book you paraphrase Yogi Bhajan. I I don't I didn't know him until recently. I just heard um, an interview and they were talking about what a wonderful um, guru he he was for so many people. He says, "I'm not telling you that I'm awake, and I'm not telling you that I'm not awake. All I'm telling you is where my peace and joy comes from, which is what it's all about." Yeah, that's really all it's about. Yeah, yeah. So. So is that why, would you say that's why it's important to keep our vibrations high? You know, it's so funny. It's so funny. It's, there's so much push about doing things like keeping your vibration high. Yes. And, and all of this is the paradox. And I keep saying it because there's Mm -hmm. so many, do you know, it's like, Yes, it's all about keeping your vibration high, but it's not about keeping your vibration high because if you're working to keep your vibration high, you're making yourself tense, which is not keeping your vibration high. Do you know what I mean? It's like a Western thing, isn't it? It's crazy. Keep your vibration high. You know? (laughs) So really, it's like, you know, I see people all the time go into spirituality 
for the destination and yeah. they go if i can just you know buy the right candles and wear the right clothes and look deeply into people's eyes then my life will be better do you know what i mean right, right. and it's all this like stuff that you have to do and then they go home and they beat themselves up because they're not doing it right because if they were doing it right they'd be happier and it's just crazy making. I like want to cry, you know, for the deep distress. I see them in trying to do more. And really, if anything, it's how can you relax more? How can you just, I mean, you know, as I'm saying it, I'm like I'm moving my arms and just relaxing my body because really that's all there is. If, again, it's back to if you just relax enough, so it's not about doing anything. If you just relaxed, your vibration would be high. Is that what God said to you? Because I think at some point in the book, you did ask God, like, how do I raise my vibration? Is that what I, you got? I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure he did, you know, because yeah. I kind of go, you know, I, 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 that's what I got more than anything. I had this experience in Bimini and, and I got this meditation because that's really what it's about. It's re relax, relax and receive. Mm. relax and you'll receive everything you want so you know really if you want to be happier it start experiencing life allow allow the good as well as the quote-unquote bad to move through your life like the weather do you know i mm. i liken it to the weather often because it's like you don't yell at the you know rain you aren't supposed to be raining you know but we'll freak out that our car broke down you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, if you just go, oh, okay, wait a minute. It's just like the weather. The car is broken down now, but it'll be fixed tomorrow, maybe or not. And I'm just going to kind of go with it because here it is, you know, then you're in this place of high vibration. It just is so just relax. <laughs> I so get that. It so makes sense. And it's funny you're saying that now because I was reading some of your book last night and we had this severe weather that came through. It came across the country and we had these tornado warnings. And have you ever been watching while the weathermen get so freaking excited when that happens? I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's a T3 and it's a circular oh, rotation and a, I don't even know. But they were, they get so excited and they show the different, you know, the different colors on the maps. And right. so we're sitting there watching the weather come through because it was really was pretty. I mean, we lost some people and the um, the winds got, I think they were 75 miles an hour in some places and wow. thunderstorms in February. It's like crazy weather. And I, I was thinking about that just as you said, it's like you watch it on the map and it just blows through and then it's gone. They were saying, go to your basement, go to your, you know, right. your lowest area. And yeah, that's just what you do. You just, you weather the storm, weather the storm, weather the storm. That's right. And, yeah. and again, that would exactly be the same, you know, it's, and then, as I say, with anything, you don't, I don't have, I have less faith and I have more trust, because I've had enough experiences. So it's, it's in this world. It's, See for yourself, know for yourself. Don't take, this is why when people jump into spirituality, they hear all these things they should do. Just go try a few things. See if they work for you. If those aren't the ones, go try something else. And if it helps you to relax and just be present, then those are the things you want to play with, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's more of a playing with rather than a getting somewhere. Yeah. So yeah, just weather it, you know, be how like, can I be present during some experience in my life that I'm not enjoying? 
So is that why you wrote this book, Beth? Are you interviewed by God, A Journey to Freedom? Is is it all about helping others get there with less struggle, would you say? Or does everybody um, have to go through their own process? Well, to... they will go through their own process. But, you know, and I'm, I'm, you know, again, I'm not attached to how people get there. Um, I really, again, the, the book itself was to just be a mirror for people to start being able to allow those kind of openings in them to start happening. Now, the work I do on an ongoing basis really is to to connect people with their inner guidance. Because again, if you're connected, there's a confidence, there's a peace, there's a uh, like um, happiness in a way, not again about good or bad things, but just an overall well-being in your life because you know you're connected you know you're always loved you know you have all the answers within you so you're you're confident you know Mm -hmm. so and I do this just because we're so disconnected you know Mm -hmm. so I I know that the more and more people that get connected inside them all their own selves and know that they have the answers and to stop looking outside for all the answers, this world will miraculously change Mm. miraculously. So, you know, that's why I do it. I I don't know if it's going to be easy or hard. I mean, this, this path is not for the faint of heart. You know, it's not like, you know, it's not like, again, it's not easy, but it's like, if you just have, if you know that there's so much more, or at least something more than you're experiencing now, you're stepping on that path, you know, already. Yeah. yeah. So again, I don't know if it's going to make it easier or not, but I'm here to support. And that's, you know, I just keep getting guided to to do this work and support people in that path. So who knows why I'm just guided to that's all. Good. I like it. And <laughs> and I'm glad that you said the L word because for me, God is love. It's love. love it's the love the L word. The, the L word. It's the glue that holds a, holds everything together. For me, that's that's what God is. And God is. So I have this question. I'm going to give all your information after this, but I have this kind of uh, question for you. So hypothetically, God is interviewing you for let's say it's the happy healthy god talk podcast okay <laughs> so how would god introduce you knowing what you know now having gone through everything you've gone through to this point as you're still expanding how would god introduce you like what would he say about you at this point what would god say about me well i can tell you what god says about me all the time so this is probably what god would say about me okay. you so here let's see Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Happy Healthy God podcast. <laughs> Today, like to introduce Beth Banning. Yes. And she is so beautiful. And she, oh, she, wait, what is it? Let me just get present. Let me let you have God. I want God. Thank you. We love you so much. And we are so proud of you. And with each step you take, we become more and more proud of you. There is so much life to live. And we wish for you to have it all and not to be afraid of 
missing something or having something that is not there to just be present. And if I was to introduce Beth, I would tell you that she was a guide for you, a guide as just as an example, nothing more, nothing that you would call special or extraordinary because each and every one of you is special and extraordinary just the same way she is. So watch her. She is fun to be with, fun to have as a uh, friend and a guide and an example. And just enjoy her as we do. And here she is now. (laughs) Thank you so much, God. I appreciate that. And I've so enjoyed talking to Beth. And Uh, thank you for that. Thank you for that. That was a very interesting and intimate question. Because I'm not... Oh, that was very challenging for me. I appreciate the opportunity to do that because, and, you know, those conversations are very intimate. And I watched mm-hmm. in each moment as I was doing that, the the pulling out of the presence of it. Mm-hmm. So that thank you for that. I just I I'm I'm realizing it's something I'd like to practice more to really be that connected to that source of my information out loud and in the world like that. So thank you. I appreciate that. Well, thank you for for going with me there. I I feel like we are all the beloved of God. So why don't we embrace that? I mean, we fight it so much. And that's I'm with you on that, too. So I will be watching you. Uh, okay so for more in moving yeah yeah i i have a feeling you will you (laughs) you haven't stopped so for more information about working with you and reading your books and uh you know following you watching you where can we go what i i'm doing because i'm so again you can kind of see how passionate i am about this whole inner guidance thing i'm creating a three-part part video course okay and i'm giving it away with my book Oh, so um, because I just really I just want everybody to get connected with themselves. You're so cool. Just get connected with you. You'll be amazed how amazing you are. So So three part series. All you have to do is buy my book. I don't care where you buy it. Um, I don't have the page set up yet. So you can go to Amazon, your local bookstore and send me an email at beth at bethbanning.com and I'll put you on the list for the video series and you get it free when it comes out. Oh, that's so great. When do you expect the videos to be out? Um, I've given myself a uh, six-week window, so within six weeks I'm going to have it all set up. So spring 2016, look for the videos. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Beth. I've really enjoyed this. Oh, give us your website. Oh, it's beth at bethbanning.com. Okay, pretty easy. Okay, well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed your book, Interviewed by God, A Journey to Freedom. My Journey to Freedom. My Journey to Freedom. Sorry, (laughs) it was really small print, and I took my glasses off. No, 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 it is A Journey to Freedom, but I was just saying, it was so so My Journey to Freedom. Yeah, well, I enjoyed enjoyed following it, and um, thank you for coming on the podcast. You're so welcome. It was fun. I hope we'll keep in touch. Have these conversations. All right. Well, take care. Namaste, girl. All right. (laughs) Bye-bye. Back to Happy, A Journey of Hope, Healing, and Waking Up is a small but powerful book about healing from one of life's greatest tragedies, the loss of a child. 
It's about love and sadness and being human. The nine lessons in Back to Happy are intended to be food for a broken but awakening soul. Healing from grief and loss is possible. Finding joy again is possible. Back to Happy in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook at Amazon.com. For more information, visit backtohappybook.com.